Last week, we did a chalkboard. It is the the most watched video The Blaze has ever produced in 10 years. Um, it is, it's watched on YouTube and Facebook as well. Uh, it is hard to find, however. Uh, it's almost like it's being suppressed. If you want to find this chalkboard, go to YouTube and the Glenn Beck page and search for Ukraine Scandal Explained. Ukraine Scandal Explained, and it should pop up, and it's a edited 50-minute version of the uh, chalkboard. A lot of the reporting that we uh, got and, and the evidence that we have on that chalkboard came from John Solomon, who has been relentless on Ukraine, and we have a ton of questions. And, John, normally we kind of meander, and I'd like to – I have literally have two and a half pages of questions I'd like to get to uh, <laughs> so we can kind of move ready. quickly. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Okay. So, first of all, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for the bullets that you are taking. I know what it's like to have your life's work just discredited and your yeah. and everything called into question, even though you have – the goods um and uh you'll make it through it and you're going to come yeah. out as a hero in this story i believe well, well the great thing is uh i don't really want to be a hero. i just uh, the good thing about journalism is facts are a stubborn thing yep and i think when people look at the facts and they get rid of the spin and the personal ad hominem attacks that don't have any basis you focus on the facts there are a lot of troubling questions and mm-hmm. i'm sure you're going to ask me a lot of them today yeah <laughs> well so um, Devin Nunes has just revealed that they were looking into a report of strange requests uh, to use yep. government resources to monitor journalists okay. over there. And we have to be cautious because sometimes those are OK. Sometimes yep. they're not. Do you have any new information on this? Well, I can tell you what happened. Uh, you know, I was listening with interest when, when Congressman Nunes made those comments last night. About 10 days ago, I received uh, some communications from uh, the intelligence community, from sources I had there, and they said to me that there, there was going to be a revelation soon about some inappropriate monitoring of my communications. Now, they weren't more specific than that. Uh, so uh, that's really all I've had for the last 10 days. And you know, I let my lawyers know, and we're just going to wait and see okay. if an actual notification comes forward. And then we heard you know, Congressman Nunez last night. What he talked about was very similar to the, to the information the intelligence community sources were telling me over the last 10 days. It sounds like, from what we know, that um, it, uh, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, uh, may have been monitoring a handful of journalist communications. Now, they might be public communications like our Twitter accounts and our, you know, our interviews, or they might have been private. We don't know yet. Um, there are very specific rules in the State Department and the intelligence community governing this, and it sounds like Congressman Nunez wants to find out whether those rules are complied with or not, whether this was an appropriate or inappropriate monitoring of communications. And, and as I learned a long time ago, this is my first time I – in 2002, the FBI similarly uh, or you know, actually inappropriately intercepted my mail without a warrant and kept it in an effort to keep me from writing about stories about mm-hmm. what had happened before 9-11. It just took a while to get to the truth, and I think we need to be patient. There, there seems to be a red flag here, but we don't have all the facts. Okay. I want um, to be careful and patient. Let's go get the facts, and we'll find out what happened. We have um, the ambassador, Jovanovic, uh, uh, testifying before the House. Um, do you believe she may be involved in any of this or just if you just don't know, you don't know? Are we going to get anything, do you believe, uh, new on whether she gave the Ukrainians the do not prosecute list and why she didn't grant visas 
to the prosecutors who said they had evidence on Biden and collusion between the DNC and the Ukrainian embassy. I, I think she's a very important witness, and, and I look forward to finding out what she has to say. Um, what we do know, uh, first of all, I'm the monitoring. Usually such monitoring, if it was done out of an embassy, would have to be authorized by the ambassador under the normal rules. Okay. We don't know if that happened here yet, right? We could yeah, have just yeah. some rogue agents. So let's wait and right. see. But the normal process is for the, would be for the ambassador to authorize such a request. So let's right. wait and see what she says tomorrow. Right. We'll, we'll learn more tomorrow. On the do not prosecute list, this is one of my favorite red hearings. Um, the, those who now conspir- uh, accuse me of weaving a conspiracy theory say, uh, Ukraine prosecutor Lusenko, the general prosecutor, the attorney general of Ukraine at the time, did an on-camera interview. It isn't in dispute. He said it. And he said that uh, in his first meeting with Ambassador Yovanovitch in 2016, uh, she gave him a series of names of people she did not want uh, to be prosecuted. That was a sensational claim. And so I did the interview in February. I spent an entire month checking it out before I actually allowed the interview to run. That doesn't get mentioned in any of these stories attacking me. During that one month time, here is what I was able to do to corroborate what the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor general had said to me first. The State Department and the Ukrainians both gave me a copy of the same letter. It's an April 2016 letter. It clearly shows the embassy in Kiev instructing, pressuring, ordering the prosecutor general's office not to pursue an ongoing investigation of a George Soros-funded group called ANTAC, the the Anti-Corruption Action Center Mm -hmm. of Ukraine. It's a George Soros group. It's funded partly by Soros, partly by the State Department. That letter unequivocally shows in writing that the State Department pressured Ukraine not to pursue an entity. In addition, the State Department uh, put a senior U.S. official on background for me prior to my uh, writing the story, and I gave him the the names and said, these are the names that Prosecutor General Lusenko said came up in the meeting as people that the U.S. did not want to see prosecuted. And that senior official said to me, and I I have the, the quotes right in front of me. I actually had them ready just in case you asked me about this. I can confirm to you that U.S. Embassy Kiev mentioned several of those names during conversations in 2016 with the Prosecutor General's Office and other law enforcement agencies that we did not want to see those people harassed, investigated, or prosecuted. So the State Department confirmed it. There was written letters showing such pressure being applied. And now the, the media and, and their defenders are trying to claim that that's a bogus story. It's not. It's been corroborated. It's been confirmed. And I hope tomorrow Ambassador Yovanovitch will honestly answer what went on in that meeting. I got news for you. I don't think she is because she's instrumental in the corruption. She would be incriminating herself on a lot of things, would she not? Well, you know, listen, I, I, she probably's carrying out what she thought was the policy of the United States or certainly her best effort at it. That doesn't mean it was right or wrong, I, but I think just getting the fact based right. out there. Were, were the Ukrainians telling us the truth? It appears they were, based on my reporting. Let's wait and see what she has to say. Are, you as, of the story. are you as solid on her not granting visas to the Ukrainian prosecutors that claim to have evidence of the Bidens and collusion between the DNC and the Ukrainian embassy, and she, under the Obama administration, refused entrance to those people? So, my understanding is that this these um, uh, visa Oh, geez, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. No. Only, uh, so what happened was uh, a lot of people think that this all started with Rudy Giuliani going around Ukraine saying, giving me dirt. It actually started much earlier. 
First, in in May of 2018, more than a year and a half ago, uh, Congressman Pete went to Ukraine, came back deeply disturbed by... Okay, hang on, hang on. Are you moving in a, into a different room or pacing or anything? Because we're losing you. Okay, good. All right, we have him now on a different line and a different phone, uh, John Solomon. Uh, we were talking about uh, the prosecutors at the right. embassy. Did she refuse visas um, right. to let these prosecutors come in and work with the DOJ? So there were three waves of concerns expressed by Ukrainian authorities, including the prosecutors and other officials. May of 2018, then House Rules Committee Chairman Pete Sessions, a Republican from Texas, one of the most powerful chairmen in all of Congress at the time, he made a trip over to Ukraine. He came back and he wrote a letter to the brand new Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and said, I have heard some deeply troubling reports from both Ukrainians and Americans that our ambassador is bad-mouthing President Trump, and I think you should recall her. That was the first time that U- Ukrainians on the ground raised the concern that they, were, uh, they saw the ambassador engaged in inappropriate behavior, interfering in investigations, that sort of stuff. A few months passed, nothing happened. So the Ukrainian prosecutors under Lusenko, uh, the career people, not, not Lusenko, the political figure at the top, but career people downstream from him. They hired an American lawyer. This is in the uh, October, November timeframe of 2018. They went out of the way. They hired a, a former U.S. attorney here in the United States, and they gave him a packet of information of things that they thought were going wrong. One was the, prosec- uh, the ambassador was interfering in Ukrainian internal affairs, like telling us who we could prosecute and not prosecute. Two, that Joe Biden had fired a prosecutor who was investigating his son's company, Burisma, And three, there is some significant evidence, and there's about to be a court ruling in Ukraine. This is in the fall of 18. There's about to be a court ruling that Ukraine inappropriately interfered in the U.S. election in 2016. We'd like to get all this information to the Justice Department. That U.S. attorney, uh, a Republican, reached out to the U.S. attorney's office in New York and provided that information. The reason they hired that U.S. attorney was that they had tried on their own to get visas to come to the United States, and the embassy was telling them they would not process the, the request. They were just sitting there unprocessed. So they wouldn't reject them. They wouldn't approve them. And so they were in limbo. And so they hired this lawyer uh, to go provide that information to the U.S. attorney in um, New York. I confirmed with that U.S. attorney. He did, in fact, convey that information. He was, in fact, hired. They were, in fact, not getting their visas. So an American confirms this story from the Ukrainians. Okay, so and then we go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And then we fast forward. The third wave is when eventually Lusenko, the boss of these um, uh, career prosecutors in Ukraine, the attorney general of Ukraine, they call him the prosecutor general. He reaches out to me and agrees to do an interview. And he says on the record uh, what had happened, both, you know, confirming what Pete Sessions said, confirming what the prosecutors had done in the fall and, and you know, legitimately raising concerns, which is when we have a diplomat on our, our soil in Ukraine, their job is not to tell us what to do in our internal affairs, mm-hmm. is to make, you know, deal with American policy, but mm-hmm. not to tell us who we can and can't prosecute on our own soil. And so three waves over over a year, all under President Trump all efforts to get information to the United States that they thought was troubling, and all before Rudy Giuliani ever got on the ground in, in Ukraine. So did we get those, those documents? Did that ever come, and whatever happened to it? 
Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the uh, I spoke to the U.S. attorney, the lawyer who you know was hired. He says he did in fact give a, a general summary of what they had, and then offered to get them all the documents, all the underlying documents that would validate or confirm that summary. And the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York never responded with interest, never asked for the documents. Basically, it died with the first uh, letter that was sent over. So. Uh, it does not look like the U.S. Justice Department under Donald Trump was very interested in it because they could have at least gotten the documents. So what did I do? I went and tried to get those documents, and I got many of them, uh, like the letter I told you about, the do not prosecute letter, uh, like the uh, bank record showing how much Hunter Biden was paid. I went and got those myself, and I spent months and months validating them with sources, both on the American and U.S. side, and when I would have two or three sources saying that is an accurate document. Yes, I can confirm that happened. Then I proceeded in writing my stories. All right. Um, a Ukrainian lawmaker who I've not heard about has just announced that he has documents that Joe Biden was personally paid $900,000 for lobbying activities for Burisma. He right. claims the documents back this up. Um, it seems like one of those things that is too good to be true. We don't yeah. know who this guy, I don't know who this guy is. Do you, and have you heard this, and is there any truth to this or possibility that it's true? It's come up many times in my conversations with the Ukrainians. Uh, the problem for me as a reporter, and again, it's a sensational thing. It would be a wonderful thing to report, you know, and make famous if it were true, but it's not true, right? And uh, Here's how I know it's not true. I have the internal uh, accounting registers of you of uh, Burisma. I was able to get them from a source. They were validated by Burisma corporate officials. They show every transaction the company ever made. There is no transaction listed in that um, uh, accounting ledger and in any of the financial books or any of the wires that I also been able to get uh, showing a payment to Joe Biden. So I, I don't give much credence. That lawmaker is very closely aligned to Russia. So it could be Russian misinformation or propaganda. I will say many people have alleged that on the ground. There's a rumor that has long been on Ukraine, but I always stay in the form of, of, of what's in the fact. And what I can tell you is the amount of money that goes to Hunter Biden's company is a lot more than what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden say. If you look at the press reports of the last year, there's this number that keeps coming up that Hunter Biden only got $50,000 a month. Now, only is a lot of money. 50000 is a lot of money, right? That's a big chunk of change. The problem with that account is that it greatly under, uh, underestimates or uh, it greatly uh, diminishes how much money really was flowing to Hunter Biden and his company. I have put into the public domain uh, the corporate records of Rosemont Seneca. How did I get them? I got them from the FBI in America. They had seized them in another case. I was able to obtain them from the court file. For, from the period of 2014 and 2015, you can see from May 2014 through the end of 2015, regular payments totaling more than 166000 every month going to Rosemont Seneca from Burisma, usually in two payments, 83333 twice. It's highly likely that those payments were one for one was for Hunter Biden and the other was for his business partner, Devin Archer, both who got put on the board. Now, that's unusual. One American company having two board members uh, it raises a question about independence of the board. Right. But there is at least that much of money. Some months you can see as much as two hundred and twenty thousand dollars going to Rosemont Seneca. That is a lot more than fifty thousand. All right. Let we me... do not know what that money was for. It's marked in the ledger as consulting payments. So the, that would mean these board members were also paying themselves consulting fees. 
That is why the Ukrainians wanted this to be investigated in America. Not under Ukrainian law. They wanted Americans to look at it and find out what was going on with the money. All right. Tell me about Nancy Pelosi's son. He apparently was also, uh, I think, a COO of an oil company over in Ukraine. Do you have anything on that? I don't. I don't have much visibility on that. I've seen the reports. Um, I think there's a much more interesting story emerging uh, in the next few weeks. I would keep an eye in the next month on the Office of Special Counsel, not to be confused with Robert Mueller's Special Prosecutor's Office. This is a career office, and it's where whistleblowers traditionally go when they, when they have evidence of wrongdoing. I am seeing pretty substantial evidence that the OSC is, is, has an ongoing investigation into multiple energy companies in Ukraine and the possibility that the Obama administration created erroneous records that allowed more money to flow to those energy companies than what that they were entitled to get at the time. I, that case is still unwinding, but okay. I think we could see a lot of people involved in that case soon. Wow. Okay. Uh, more with John Solomon uh, from The Hill um, and the guy who is leading this story uh, that this is more than just Joe Biden. You're listening to Glenn John Solomon John Solomon has been called a conspiracy theorist by everybody now. He is an award-winning journalist. He's worked for the Times, he's worked for the Post, he's uh worked for the Washington Times. Uh I mean, he's won all kinds of awards. He is now um, you know, with the Hill uh and what is what what is your title there? You're I think executive vice just, president. Yeah, I it's funny. I just left Friday the Hill to start my own new media company, which will be uh merging in mid November, and I joined Fox as a contributor. So that all happened in the last few days. I'm thrilled. And uh in mid November we'll be launching a new news company committed to just fact based reporting. Just things about the news and uh, old-fashioned reporting brought back to life. Well, I'm I'm thrilled with that. I just wanted to point out to the audience, um, everybody says he's a conspiracy theorist. Uh, you know, on the right <laughs> or on the left, they're all saying this. But here's a guy who was attacked uh, through the New York Times by Joe Biden's uh, camp yesterday. Yep. He's asked a question about $900,000, and he says, no, I, you know, I looked at that. I don't think that, that that's true about Joe Biden. And he doesn't sound like he has any guile or anger in him. If this is a conspiracy theorist, wow, um, he's the most measured and clever uh, conspiracy <laughs> theorist ever. Um, let yeah. me, uh, John. Let me let me go to uh, let me go to a couple of uh, questions here about Chalupa. Chalupa sure. is this um, this DNC operative that right. uh, everybody is rushing to. Uh, to her defense, a couple of things. She's trying now to discredit the Ukrainian official who worked at the embassy, the Ukrainian embassy in D.C. She's saying he's just a disgruntled employee. He was fired. This is the guy who said he was specifically instructed to help her with research on Trump, Russia, and Manafort. That's right. What do you make of him and the, the, you know, the, the the exact opposite. Who do you believe here? How do we how do we know who to trust here? 
Well, that's a great question. And so I think the person she's referring to is a guy named Mr. Teloshenko, Andrei Teloshenko. Mm-hmm. He was the political officer, so like the fourth or fifth ranking official in the U- Ukrainian embassy in Kiev. And he first gave his account in 20- January 2017 to Politico. Remember, it was Politico that first uh, weaved this conspiracy theory, if I can have a little <laughs> play on words there. Yeah. That, that and the, so they're uh, very, DNC. they're so very right wing to Politico. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're right up there. But they, yeah. um, they originally uh, reported that this woman had made these overtures. Two years later, I went back to re-report what Politico had and see. And, and what was very important in 2017 was while Mr. Teloshenko was on the record, the embassy itself in Ukraine stood silent. It would neither confirm nor deny that this had happened. I went back to the embassy. So forget Mr. Teloshenko for a second. I went to the ambassador himself, Ambassador Chalet, and I went to his press people and I said, listen, did this happen or not? It's time to come clean. If it didn't happen, let's knock it down. If it did happen, let's say what happened. And remarkably, the Ukraine embassy went on the record and said, yes, in fact, the Democratic National Committee operative, the contractor named Alexandra Chalupa, did in fact approach us in the spring of 2016, and she asked for the Ukrainian embassy to give it any dirt it had on Donald Trump and Paul Manafort. Now, the embassy said we didn't know at the time she was working for the DNC. We learned that afterwards, but we were troubled by her interest. We were uh, alarmed or surprised, I forget the exact word they used, that she was so interested in in getting dirt on um, Paul Manafort. She also asked for a second thing which is that when the Ukrainian president came to visit the United States in the summer of 2016, that he do an interview with an investigative journalist who was also seeking dirt on uh, Manafort and uh, Donald Trump. So the embassy now confirms. So if you, if you want to attack... Was that Isakov? Mr. Tell- uh, we don't know. I suspect okay. it is from an email, which we're going to talk about in a second. But yep. if you can't just in that now, Chalupa has a problem because you can attack Teloshenko. But now his boss, the ambassador, has gone on the record saying, yep, that happened. No doubt about it. Now, we have other things that we know. There's a there's an email I obtained and other people obtained and corroborated by the Democratic National Committee in May of uh, 2016, which is right in this time frame when mm-hmm. both the embassy and Mr. Teloshenko said this funny business was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sends an email, Mrs. Uh, uh, Chalupa sends an email to her bosses at the Democratic National Committee, and she boasts that she's working with the Ukrainians and trying to hook them up with reporters, and that she had just come back from Ukraine, or had come back from an event, I'm sorry, an event yep. where she was helping train Ukrainian journalists on how they could go dig up dirt on Paul Manafort. So there's a contemporaneous email that seems to implicate Chalupa in the very thing she's now denying. And it really corroborates what both the embassy and Mr. Teloshenko, now no longer an employee of the embassy, have said to both Politico and I. Uh, I think it's pretty solid evidence and pretty well accepted. I just saw the New York Times, in fact, a couple of days ago say, yeah, it looks like the DNC really did do that at, at the embassy. So wow. I, I think it, it's, it, it, I don't know what <sighs> Mr. Lupa is trying to do now, uh, but uh, I think the factual uh basis for that allegation is is pretty strong okay did she i've only got a few minutes so i gotta just try to run through a few of these did chalupa help set up the january 26 meeting uh with the obama white house with the ukrainian prosecutors i see no evidence of that i believe uh, teloshenko and the ukrainian prosecutors got that overture directly okay from the obama white house White House from the National Security Committee. And isn't that interesting? I want, there's one thing to point out here. Remember, Joe Biden's current story is that the prosecutor, Shokin, was a dirty, a dirty dog, and that's why I got rid of him. 
if he was such a dirty dog in March, why in January would you invite his whole team over as yep. a reward to come yep. to Washington? That's another one of those things of Joe Biden's story that doesn't add up when you look at the timeline. Um, the media now covering for Chalupa saying she was just a part-time contractor for the DNC. You know, she's a soccer mom. I love this. Uh, and that all of her Manafort research was done on her own. And the DNC yeah. never instructed her of doing that, even though she was being paid $71,000 for this part-time job. Is... Yeah, and she had been there for 10 years. I mean, she was routinely paid by the DNC going right. back into the early 2000s, according to the records I reviewed. Uh, you know, you could use the same defense for George Papadopoulos. Not that the media did it. He was an unpaid advisor to the Trump campaign. No big deal. But remember, the media made a big deal of George Papadopoulos. But now they want to have a different standard for Chalupa, who, by the way, was paid. So it does show you, Americans are so smart. They can see through all of this uh, double standard that the news media are currently applying. Any evidence that the DNC coordinated with the Ukrainian government for opposition research other than through Chalupa? Not that I have found. Now, I, uh, we, we do know one thing. We do know that a Ukrainian court last December, so December 2018, the Ukrainian administrative court ruled that two members of um, government in Ukraine had that, improperly tried to influence U.S. election. That's Sidnik and Lashenko. Right, Sergei Lashenko, the parliamentary yeah. member, and then the head of NABU. They're kind of like their anti-corruption FBI. Yeah. Why is that important? Lashenko is identified by Nellie Orr, the wife of Bruce Orr, the, the fusion GPS contractor, as one of her sources who gave her information on Manafort that she then gave to her husband to give to the FBI. So we know from Nellie Orr's testimony, at least one Ukrainian government official provided Hillary Clinton's opposition research team with information that ultimately made to the FBI. Now, that's the only nugget we have. It needs to be investigated further, I think, to find out what else we might learn. Okay, so this was appealed. They, they were found guilty of meddling in the 2016 election. Right. Then it was appealed, and the case seems to now have been dismissed. Um, it was set aside on the technicality, not on the findings of fact, but on the fact that an administrative court can't make a ruling against the parliamentary member because they have immunity. So it's so, never been set aside for the factual basis. Uh, it's been set aside because of, of a process issue. We've been trying to get the court documents and mm, almost impossible. Have, do yeah. you have the court documents? Have you seen the court documents? I, uh, we had a freelancer in Ukraine that was able to get the documents from the administrative court, and they match exactly what the Kiev Post and what all the other Ukrainian newspapers, Union, and others had reported at the time. Yes, it, there was a rule. It, was, it wasn't very long. It was brief and straightforward. Uh, but it, it has uh, our stringer was able to get that and provide you know provide us what it said. So, okay. Yes. Um, last question for you, John. And I know you have yes. had to have thought of this. Um, I put this together. I don't even know if you've seen it. I put this together on a chalkboard last week, and it right. it took me fifty minutes to explain this, and I moved pretty rapidly. Um, and many people <laughs> have. Story. I know many people have have seen it. And the response is from anybody, um, anybody in a position of getting this story out, they have said to me the same thing. Glenn, how do you sell that on TV in two minutes? Because that's all we'll get is two minutes. And right. when you get into this story, it's so complex. If you don't have it down, you're going to sound like a conspiracy theorist or a nut because right. you can't explain it quickly. John, how would you yeah. how would you sell this? You're on TV for two minutes. How do you sell what this story really is about? 
I think there are two elements of it. One is that the uh, Ukraine was to the Democratic Party what Russia was alleged to be to the Republican Party. It was their playground in the 2016 election to try to gain foreign influence in our election. That's the first piece of it. The second piece of it is we had a sitting vice president whose son sat in the vapor trail of his father's policy work in Ukraine and cashed into the tune of $3.4 million. That's an official record amount of money that's been confirmed. And when uh, Ukrainians began to look into that arrangement, how that came to be, that vice president used his power of government and the threat of canceling uh, foreign aid to get that prosecutor fired. Whether his intention was to stop the investigation or just to get rid of the guy, under U.S. ethics laws, it doesn't matter. You are obligated as a, a government official, and Joe Biden was, to avoid even the appearance of a conflict of interest. It's obviously an appearance of a conflict of interest when you fire the prosecutor who is investigating your son's company. Those are the two storylines boiled down in, in you know, a couple hundred words tops. John, sincerely thank you for everything that you have done. Thank you for being relentless on this. Thank you for taking the bullets that most people um, most people aren't willing to do even if they have the facts they're just not willing to do it you are standing at a place where I think you win in the end but it could very easily turn the other way and and um, and they just just destroy uh, credibility that's what they're trying to do and I I pray for you and I and thank I you. thank you for the work that you've done well, a lot more work to be done. We've got to keep digging. A lot more truth to be found. I know. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. God okay. bless. You bet. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Um, you know what's amazing about this is is John is so well-versed in this. I think he's going to end up being the Bob Woodward of our generation. Um he has he has been on this now for years and a lot of these facts have been out as we've covered them you know as they came out the problem with this story is nobody took all of it and put it together you know that's kind of my skill is being able to put all this this crazy storyline together and present it as a chalkboard so it's understandable uh, we all have our own role, his role. I mean, we've been drafting behind him on on the information um, because he has gone to Ukraine. He has sat down. He has interviewed. And as he said, on some of these facts, it took him two months to track it down to make sure it was right before he published it. We put it in story form. It's now your turn. Now your job is to tell your friends this is this is. So much more important than um, who gets elected. If this is allowed to stand, this kind of corruption is going to eat us quickly. Um, if you want to find that chalkboard that explains all this, it's important that you get to know these people and what the storyline is. Uh, just go to my YouTube page. Uh, subscribe, please, to my YouTube page. YouTube, Glenn Beck. Uh, and then uh, search on my page for Ukraine Scandal Explained. Ukraine Scandal Explained. If you don't use that, it's almost impossible to find it. YouTube is, is not just delivering this one up easily. Ukraine Scandal Explained. 
and pass that to a friend. Now, we're covering all these things. Every night we're taking them piece by piece. If you heard us talk today about Chalupa, you may not know who she is at all. We covered that on last night's special uh, at 5 o'clock. So we're taking it piece by piece, personality, personality. Tomorrow, the um, Ukrainian uh, U.S. ambassador to Ukraine is going to be testifying in in Congress. We're going to do an expose on her, I believe, on Monday uh, and and go over what she talked about. But more importantly, show you the role she played. She's critical uh, in this storyline. So please join us. Um, And if you're a member of the Blaze, you're like a member of the family and a team member because we rely on you not only to get it out, but also to help fund the investigations and these very expensive shows that we're doing. You can save $20 now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code GB20OFF. You're listening to Glenn Beck.